Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, November 13th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down a Monday card. Just two games on tap, but I got to admit, they are very uh, interesting storylines with both of those uh, games tonight. We'll get to those in just a moment, but first we'll begin with a look back at yesterday. Uh, and of course, the day started with the Blackhawks and the Panthers. Uh, Florida uh, getting the 4-3 four, uh, four to three win uh, last uh, yesterday afternoon against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, and Florida, I guess the win kind of grabbed some of the headlines, but not all of them. Uh, Connor Bedard, another spectacular day for him. Uh, two goals, two of the highlight reel variety as well. Uh, the first goal that he scored was just stealing the puck uh, from somebody, just a theft, picked his pocket, and then in almost in the same movement, just roofed it over Sergei Bobrovsky. It was a phenomenal goal, brilliant shot on the semi-breakaway he had on the second goal, and he is heating up. CB98 is really, really starting to cook right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. Fun to watch. I think he's getting more comfortable month into the season with NHL speed, NHL you know uh, style of play more than anything else. It's a lot different coming from junior, especially for an 18-year-old kid. So uh, you're definitely starting to see him get more comfortable. Florida gets the win there, 4-3. Debacle for the Minnesota Wild, 8-3 uh, win for the Dallas Stars, and just absolutely a, a horrible Defensive display once again from the uh, Minnesota Wild. They've had too many of these type of games throughout the course of the season. Credit to uh, Duhame for trying to get something going, but at the same time, I think bit off a little more than he can chew. And you get worried now that he, the suspension might be coming his way, uh, actually, after what happened during that game as well. So, real rough times for Minnesota. Uh, just they've had struggles in their own end all year. It continued yesterday. And now we really have to think the clock is ticking on Dean Evason. Uh, as they are, are going to Sweden uh, for that trip. But uh, definitely some decisions going to have to be made there. Vancouver, a 5-2 win against Montreal. Uh, miracle best bet win. And I mean miracle best bet win for me with the over there. I don't know how the hell that cashed, but it did. We'll take it. We won't apologize for it. We'll take the money. We'll take the win. Uh, but it gets there. 5-2 Canucks with the uh, win. Some empty net shenanigans uh, late in that game, uh, helping the cause quite a bit. Uh, and then uh, how about the Columbus Blue Jackets? Great effort, but they fall short 4-3 to the New York Rangers in a shootout. The draw hit, though, uh, for me, plus 4-10 for me on that draw at FanDuel. Great, great price. Good to see that. I would have been even happier if Columbus won because I took a shot with them plus 205 uh, as well. But they lose in the shootout. And, man, was was it worth the wait? I told people, be patient. You can't just give up on the kid right away. But Alexi Lafreniere has arrived, folks. This is the best hockey he's played. He's playing with great confidence. Uh, he's got multiple goals now in multiple games. He's on a great point streak in recent games. Uh, he's got his confidence going, and he's looking like that number one overall pick from a few years ago. It took a while, but we're starting to see Alexi Lafreniere really start to find his game. He was spectacular. Best forward, best player on the team, really, for the New York Rangers. Shout out to Adam Fantilli, too. Great comments in the post game saying, I'm, I'm sick of losing. I don't like losing. I think we're better than this. And credit to him for sticking up for his teammate, Marchenko, who got uh, absolutely crunched in open ice by Jacob Truba, who was a, as good an open ice hitter, sometimes dirty, but that time was 
fairly clean, uh, a good open ice hitter, as good as it gets in the NHL. And look, I don't think Fantilli would, in a normal circumstance, be looking to pick a fight with Jacob Truba. But the fact he stepped up to the plate and actually, you know, challenged him, got in his face, credit to him. He's just a rookie, man. He's a young kid and he had no fear uh, whatsoever to get into Jacob Truba's face there. Very impressive. And a nice bounce back for Anaheim. 4-1 4-1 against San Jose. Another bargain bin hits for me with Mason McTavish getting a goal plus 320 in that game. And a nice bounce back from Anaheim. They needed it because their schedule is about to get tough again. They had lost a couple in a row against the Flyers and Penguins, and they bounced back. They beat the Sharks last night, although brutally tough beat for the live over. And that's sickening because you guys deserve better, including my colleague with that one. Uh, Alex, thoughts on Sunday? Yeah, we'll start and get that out the way. I mean, that was that was really rough and, and you know, was reading this all the way through the late in the second period, seeing the pace and tempo we wanted, and then definitely getting the price plus 120 to plus 125. Got two quick goals in the third period, but could not get that third one, uh, seven scoreless minutes the, the rest of the way. And so unfortunate that we uh, end up losing that one, but a good win for, for Anaheim, much needed win, like you said, as, as their schedule gets a little bit tougher. They hit the road, two tough uh, locations, Nashville. And then Denver against the Avalanche this week. So they've got uh, more than, than they, enough they can deal with this week. Uh, the Hawks game, that's a tough Hawks game. And, and that's one you got to win. You know, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's still the rebuild. Yes, you're not, you know, ready for, you know, contention or anything like that. But when you have Connor Bedard playing that well in a game, giving you not one but two highlight reel goals to tie the game, and you kill off a, a, a crucial four-minute power uh, power play, which that's, you know, large because it's Bedard that got hit. Nick Foligno doing his job, stepping up for his teammate. He gets a – I think that was a terrible call that he ended up getting four minutes for that for that uh, that roughing penalty. But the Hawks kill it off, end up getting a power play to end the second period. They have all the momentum in the world on, on their side right now, and they just couldn't quite finish it. And that's where the problem in there lies, the, the issues uh, of not being able to finish, uh, you know, in those key moments late in games and that develops over time but seeing Bedar, like I said the comfortable you know uh comfortability level is just so high with him right now 12 games in nine goals you know he's taunting the crowd he's you know he, he's got his swagger and, and the fact that he's able to do this now this early with this bad of a team essentially it's just it, it, it shows you that there's a, a flower there blooming and, and blossoming right now and that's going to become contagious those older guys like a Taylor Hall like a Corey Perry they'll feed off of that those guys who are just right on the cusp of being you know great players like a Jason Dickinson and Ryan Donato they'll feed off of that so it, it, it's a great thing to see it's just tough that they end up not getting the two points out of that game but that was a certainly a fun one to watch that's the most enjoyment I've had watching a Hawks game in quite some time. Uh, honestly, as, as a fan, for sure. And then we go down the street, West 7th, to the XL Energy Center, and it's just an absolute disaster. Complete shit show that is the Minnesota Wild, losing 8-3. And, you know, I'm already upset because Dean Evison's coaching this game where I was wishing he'd be fired about two weeks ago, cashing my 28-1 ticket. Instead, I get, you know, a measly 20 bucks because I bet Jay Woodcroft last minute. And... Here we are, just the same old crap, just poor defensive play, poor goaltending, Dallas doing whatever they want, anytime they want, uh, and the crowd completely being out of it because they Dallas took the crowd out of it. And all of a sudden, it's 3-1 in the first period. And like you said, you know, Duhame trying to be the agitator, get things going, but goes a bit too far. Now you give your team, uh, you know, you get yourself kicked out of the game, give your team a, a five-minute power play, a penalty kill you have to deal with. 
Dallas comes out in the second period, a third period, sorry, get two goals and they run away with it, make it a, an absolute route. And then it hits me. There's a reason why Jay Woodcroft got fired yesterday morning and a reason Dean Evison still has a job and a reason DJ Smith has a job. The NHL, which, of course, you know, the National Hockey League, they have to protect their product and all their different, uh, you know, special games and special things of interest. Well, what are the two biggest points of interest we've had as far as games go? We already had the Heritage Classic with Calgary and Edmonton, and we're about to have this week four games take place in Stockholm, Sweden. Two of the teams involved with that, the Minnesota Wild and the Ottawa Senators. So the NHL wants that to be the showcase. They want the big game outdoors in, in Alberta and the cold. They want... You know, guys going back home to Sweden and, and the legacy of, of, of players who played for those franchises from uh, that have come from Sweden. That's the storyline. They don't want a coach getting fired being the storyline. So I really believe, I don't know if it's just a full-on mandated rule, but I'm sure there's probably a little nudge and wink from the league officer saying, hey, we know you're going through some things, but maybe try to hold on to your coach before you get through this trip or before you get through this big stadium game. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. When a team needs to change something right then, they need to do it right then. But they have to serve the league at the end of the day. And I think that's the reason why those of us who had 28 to 1 or those of you who might have had plus 500, plus 600 on DJ Smith uh, for, for me, 28 to 1 on Everson to get fired first. That's why it didn't come true. So it's something we have to now make a note of with our handicapping moving forward. We have to start looking at what are some of these early event things uh, and situations and maybe even road trips. Talked about that with Woodcroft, you know, last those last two games, that last game after San Jose, they didn't want to fire him on the road. They come back home and they make that firing move. So we have to kind of look at the schedule and use that as our handicapping tool of sorts to kind of pinpoint when we'll start looking at these first coach fired props moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like we know what's about to happen, but I'm pretty confident in, in this. Alex, I think, is pretty confident in this, and he's closer to the situation and the team than I am, being right there in Minnesota. But we really do think that Dean Evison's going to be fired after this Swedish trip. Uh, that's when it's going to happen. And it's going to be one of those deals where it doesn't matter if he goes 2-0 and on this uh, Swedish trip. doesn't matter. Uh, he ain't making it back with the team to North America, uh, essentially, with his job, that is. Uh, and uh, that's what that's when we sense it's going to happen. Uh, when they get yeah. back to Minnesota following the week and weekend uh, in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and the two games there, that's when they're going to make that change. And there's nothing that can happen in those two games for the Minnesota Wild that's going to alter this decision. Just like with Woodcroft, you know, the Seattle game didn't mean a tinker's dam to the end result. And the end result right. was goodbye and giving him his walking papers, which I don't agree with that one. Um, but I think you can make a bit stronger case for it with Dean Evison. I do think that team in greater need of a shakeup right now. That was a bad hit by Duane's going to get something for that for that hit. He's going to get suspension of some kind. Uh, there's no question about that. And look, I credit him for trying to shake, put some life into this lifeless bunch right now that is the Minnesota Wild. But that's definitely stepping over the line. There's no doubt. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, once again, in reference to, like I said, with this whole global series thing, will he be able to appeal his suspension because he's going to be away from the country where he wouldn't be able to even do an in-person hearing, and then he'll be able to play in those two games, and then they'll deal with all that once he gets back to North America. So it, it, it's just kind of interesting. I hate these these European games anyway. I'm not. I'm telling you right now, I'm not waking up at, at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning to watch Wild and Maple Leafs on Sunday. 7 a.m. Central, up. Sunday morning, Leafs Wild? No. no? I will, be, I will be waking up about 30 minutes before to get ready for this show. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm telling you right now. It's, it's, it's absurd. And I get you. Oh, you're trying to capture the, the NFL uh, you know, buzz of having all these games in Germany and London. I've been tired of that for years, too. The NHL, this is not the way. I get you're trying to do things as far as 
you know, growing the game globally because God knows they don't know about hockey in Sweden. Uh, but, you know, okay, do that. But let's keep the games at a reasonable time. If people aren't going to stay up late at night to watch the games, do you think people are going to wake up at the crack of dawn to start watching hockey? It's just a bad move. But, you know, I can go on and on about that. Well, they're trying to trying to grow the game, trying to you know do as uh, showcase the NHL to the. And look, there's some good European hockey fans that follow and love the NHL. There, I don't doubt that. There's some great yeah, hockey. There's a ton of them. Yeah, there's a ton of them. And so I get why they're doing it, but and uh, I don't begrudge them of that. It's just the uh, the the timing could be a little like at least put it in the afternoon, like make it night games over there. You know, have some courtesy for you know the fan base where you're trying to entertain them year round. Like put the game at night at least over there for the Swedish people. A night game only, night yeah. games only, so that at least in North America there are afternoon games. I mean, seven a.m. is lunacy. I think you can do better than that. You don't have to stick it early afternoon over there in Stockholm. Uh, with all due respect to one of our great viewers and listeners, Evan, who I know lives over there uh, in Europe right now, uh, and I know he's the time difference isn't going to affect him uh, all that much, but. Uh, he'll be happy with the start times there in Sweden, but nevertheless, um, you know, let's well, let's try to make it half and half. Give us give, make it the, make them night games there in Sweden, so that at least they're like one p.m. two p.m. Eastern over here, like yeah. what they're doing for the Friday game with the Leafs and the Red Wings. It's like two p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Central on Friday. That's when they should be starting. Yeah, even even the Saturday ten a.m. start. You know, I have no problem with that. Yeah, okay, do that. I, I, and it was, it was funny. I'm scrolling through the schedule. Guys, I'm doing some writing and notes yesterday, and I'm looking, and all of a sudden, I go, wait a minute. I'm like, it's 10 a.m. and then he goes, this is 8 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> like, so what do you? you and it's like, do you really think that there's going to be people who are going? The ratings are going to this are going to be awful. Oh, and that's the other thing too, by the way. These aren't like NHL Network or like TNT or ESPN games. No, these will all be found on ESPN Plus if you're subscribing to it. So they're not making any effort to show to show this game here in North America to try to draw any people in to say, hey, you want to wake up and make breakfast and watch hockey? No, because uh-uh, now you got to go through another hoop to even try to watch the game. It's not going to just be readily on TV. I, I, I love the I love that there there's more games on ESPN networks and TNT this year. I, there are. Uh, they're, yeah. Done oh, nice yeah. Job. Definitely. But the, that, there's no reason you can't put the Friday game at the very least, Leafs Red Wings, or even the Sunday morning game, Leafs Wild on TNT or ESPN main network, or even ESPN two, you know, put it on one. Right. Of, like, what are we, what are we preempting on Friday afternoon for, from TNT? If we're going to, what are we going to law and order? Like what yeah. the hell are we taking out to yeah. put the hockey yeah. game on? Cause, yeah. Because, oh my God, how can I live missing an episode of pardon the interruption instead of watching a live hockey game? You know, yeah. ridiculous. No, it is. There's, the, the, to me, these Swedish games should have gotten on TNT and they got a million turners too. They put they put playoff hockey on TBS because there's playoff basketball on TN. You can put it on TBS if you want to, uh, as well. These games. So yeah, that was a big mistake. Or oh, is it NHL? Yeah, I, f- I forgot about that, John. Yeah, NHL Network actually might have them. Probably they will have them. But it would be greater visibility. I didn't see that. I didn't see that listing. Now now maybe maybe that is the case. But but what I saw listed was that it's for, especially for the Saturday and Sunday games. Um, that wasn't there. I saw, I saw all the ESPN Plus and the Hulu stuff for the 2 p.m. Thursday, Friday games. Did not see that listed for Saturday, Sunday. So check around. We could be wrong, but based on what I saw, that's not the case. Yeah, so it is. Uh, keep an eye. I just thought that, you know, for, if you're trying to showcase the league and over there in Sweden, one of your prime hockey nations, uh, yeah, NHL Network does have every suite. So there you go, NHL Network nationally for the everyone in the – okay, that's better than nothing, but uh, still – 
TNT or ESPN could have gotten it on there, I think. It would have been a greater visibility. Well, that's neat. And if you want to promote if you want to promote the game, right, globally, right? Like not just, you know, have this thing in Sweden, but have the, the experience or build the experience of us in North America watching a game that's taking place over in Europe. You know, talk about the larger eye size and the different things and talk about how the game is different. You know, make a whole production just like you do with the, with all the outdoor games. Make that production here for us. Otherwise, it's just going to look like, oh, it's another game being played in some weird-ass stadium at, at a random-ass time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good points uh, made. And like I say, I think I just would have liked to have seen them get these games on the two, you know, national TV, you know, homes of the NHL, ESPN or TNT. Uh, with all due respect to NHL Network, and it's great that they're going to be on there. I think it would have been even better if it's on one of the two, you know, networks that you're partnered with, uh, TNT or ESPN. All right, that's enough of that di- diatribe. Let's move on. We've got two games tonight. We will begin uh, with the uh, New York Islanders taking on the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Oilers minus 160, home favorite, six and a half the total. Of course, that dog and pony show called a press conference yesterday. Kind of funny to hear that that the one guy, uh, the president there, saying one thing and Holland kind of contradicting him in the same press conference just a few minutes later. I mean, I just don't – I just really think they're kind of like throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks right now, this Edmonton team uh, deciding to get rid of a coach that is not going to be unemployed for very long. Jay Woodcroft will land on his feet. We said that yesterday. So in comes Chris Knobloch, uh, the new head coach, Look, he's deserving of a head coaching opportunity. I did not expect him to get this op- this you know job, obviously, in Edmonton. I don't think anybody did, but he was definitely knocking on the door of being a head coach uh, in the uh, NHL. Done a nice job with the Hartford Wolfpack in the AHL, the Rangers affiliate. Uh, no question, he's done great work there. Uh, and he does have you know history with Connor McDavid. Uh, coached Connor McDavid with the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League about a decade ago. He also coached Dylan Strom. You know, they had some really good players back in those days, Dylan Strom and others on those Erie teams. Chris Knobloch coached all of them. Um, so this guy has been paid his dues. And like I said, I think he's ready for an NHL opportunity to be a head coach. I just didn't expect it to be this one. Um, I feel like I'm going to fall victim a little bit, fall prey a little bit to the, the head coaching angle. We've talked about this for years. We've seen it for years, especially the first game. It's a bump. You, you, you see it. Players respond. They play, you know, it's, it's a wake-up call. It's a, it's a, it's a wake-up call to urgency and intensity for at least the first game after a coaching change. It wouldn't shock me to see that uh, from the Edmonton Oilers here tonight against, a, a look, for, quite frankly, a New York Islanders team that uh, is not playing great hockey right now. They're 5-8 uh, and eight on the season. Uh, Lane Lambert, and this is another thing, too. You talk about impatient fan bases. The fire the head coach chance, man. It used it was fired Lindy at the beginning of last year for New Jersey. Fired DJ Smith. We've heard it already in Ottawa. We've heard it in a, a little bits uh, and uh, uh, in different games, different teams. And we heard it actually the other night for Fire Lane Lambert. Believe it or not, some some Islander fans started to chant that, you know, at uh, the Islanders in their last home game against the Capitals, which was a debacle. I mean, that's a bad, bad, bad look. Losing four one at home to the Washington Capitals. Uh, in that game. Uh, And then, of course, that's four straight losses for them, Boston, Minnesota, Carolina. This is actually a very uh, beatable opponent right now for Edmonton, lacking confidence. Uh, Their defensive game has fallen off, and Sorokin has fallen off a little bit. I think it's now time we can say that. You know, it hasn't been that same goalie this year uh, for the uh, New York Islanders. He struggled uh, big time 
uh, in between the pipes for them. Their defensive game, they're not, the, atten- the attention to detail defensively is missing from the Islanders. It hasn't been the way it was under Barry Trotz. Uh, there's no question about that. And look at Sorokin's numbers, 3.24 goals against, 907 save percentages are positively mediocre numbers for a goalie that was absolutely outstanding. But I don't put it all on Sorokin. This is just the team in front of him is not airtight, you know, like they once were. Um, so there's a bunch of things I like. I'm going to go with Edmonton first period puck line. I think that's the best approach. Fly in the first 20 minutes. Coaching change is intention. Uh, step to attention. Uh, we see it so many times. And you can get a nice plus 140, plus 145 with the Oilers in the first period. That, to me, is what I like the most. Maybe a little sprinkle on the team total over three and a half for the Oilers, which I prefer taking that than betting them on a money line or regulation or anything like that, especially at home where more often than not they can, you know, score four goals. And they did finally break out offensively against Seattle uh, in the final game uh, before Jay Woodcroft got canned uh, Saturday night with a nice uh, four to one victory against Seattle there. Um, So Edmonton first period puck line, little sprinkle on over three and a half team total. I wouldn't even talk anyone out of over six and a half. And you would think, what are we doing here? Islander games, we're betting it over. Well, right now the Islanders are struggling a little bit off defensively for sure. The question is, can they do enough offensively because they have only scored five goals in the last three games combined, but it's not like Edmonton has been shutting teams down repeatedly. So uh, that one I like the least uh, over six and a half. I do prefer more the Oiler team total and especially the first period puck line. I do think that's great value plus price for a team that you would think first period of action after the coaching change, you get them flying in the first uh, 20 minutes tonight. Uh, What do you think here, Alex Islanders Oilers? Yeah, I mean, like I said, everybody's going to be looking to see how does Edmonton respond right out of the gate with a new coach, and like I said, with, with Knobloch and, you know, uh, and John Mack. Connor will respond to David, that is, just because he oh, knows Knobloch. I'm sure he likes Knobloch. They obviously have good rapport going back to Erie, and it's got to be one of those Shaq O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal deals. General leads, the troops will follow. McDavid's flying tonight, it will get everybody else going. Yeah, and, and, and that biggest thing, too, is going to be, like I said, their pace – is going to dictate everything from how the crowd reacts to how the Islanders respond and, and, and bounce back to just everything. So Edmonton, like I said, they're going to come out guns blazing. I think it's going to have the feel and kind of that tense of like a playoff uh, game in that first 10, 20 minutes. But I don't know if it's necessarily going to just be all Edmonton all the time. Like I said, Islanders have a lot of pressure on them. Getting away from home, getting away from the fire Lambert chance, starting a, a road trip. This is kind of a fresh break for them. I think we could see pace going both ways here. And I know the Islanders, for them to get things back on track, it means tightening things up defensively. That might take some time there as well. Same thing with the Oilers. Yes, they got the new, you know, new coach, but there's still a lot of issues that are going on, on the ice. You got other players in that forward group that aren't, you know, pulling their weight. You've got goaltending issues. I like both teams to score in the first period plus one fifty-five, and I also took a little sprinkle on uh, first period over one and a half. I grabbed minus a dollar forty at Caesars. If it's a little bit higher, which it is at most shops, wait and try to grab something quickly, like one to two minutes into the game, and get a little bit of a lower price. But I think we see goals going back and forth here, and then we see the pace kind of settle down a little bit in the second period and beyond. I don't want to side here. I just want to stick with the total and just kind of watch this game out, see how both teams respond in these different situations. Because like I said, we could be talking about an Islanders team that could be firing their coach four games from now once they get back home after this road trip. And we're talking about an Oilers team that's already made that change. Now they're trying to get their way back up top. Yeah, I mean, I'm not laying a price either, John. 
uh, that's the thing. People think I'm, I'm on Edmonton. I'm laying a price. I'm not laying a price. I wouldn't lay minus 160 with them. Not a chance. What I'm doing is I'm taking a plus number, plus 145, plus 150 with first period puck line. And I'm taking their team total a little bit over three and a half. And that's a plus price as well. Uh, you know, you can get plus 105, you know, with the Oilers team total over three and a half right now. So that's what I'm looking to do. I would never endorse minus 160. There's, and even though I like Edmonton in this spot, there's better value and better prices and better ways to go about it, certainly, than laying minus 160. As far as props go, uh, yes, Rich H is onto the line combos. I was just about to uh, mention them. Sam Gagne, at least Knobloch, in, you know, going into his first game behind the bench, he's got Sam Gagne, the veteran, playing with uh, McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Talk about a new look first line. Wow. Uh, Chris Knobloch's not scared to shake things up a little bit. And look, this guy's played good, Gagne, believe it or not. Two goals and an assist. He's definitely going to have value in his props tonight. Kane, Dreisaitl, and Hyman, the second line. I'm a little disappointed after the great game against Seattle, including a fight, by the way, uh, against Vince Dunn that uh, Dylan Holloway, got dropped to the uh, third line, but he's there with uh, uh, McLeod and Fogel. I would still consider Dylan Holloway, man, as far as props go. I think this kid has, he's got so much potential there. He has not obviously found the consistency yet since he's been an oiler, Uh, but Dylan Holloway can play. He's got skill, a high level draft pick. Uh, Maybe the coaching change, good thing for him. That's the one thing I'll say about Woodcroft in a negative. He buried Dylan Holloway constantly. He really didn't. Now, maybe look, I get it. Holloway's been bad defensively as a forward at times. I get it. He's really struggled away from the puck. And I think they got to Woodcroft and it was like enough. You got to play better kid away from the puck. I know you got skill and you got finished, but you got to commit away from the puck, a 200 foot game of both ends of the ice. And I, he didn't do that enough. And I think Woodcroft didn't like it. So I actually think breath of fresh air, maybe for him in particular, Holloway with Knobloch now. Uh, taking over uh, as head coach, maybe more of an opportunity for him. So, and look, he had a great game against Seattle. So maybe some Holloway props for the Islanders. Uh, absolutely. In terms of uh, Wallstrom is not a, see, I like Wallstrom more Nick Earl and he's the Islander fan of the bunch here. I, I liked Wallstrom more with his props on the uh, top line. It looks like he's dropped down to the third line again. Maybe you take Simon Holmstrom again instead, because Simon Holmstrom has been moved up to the top line here for the Islanders Simon Holmstrom with uh, Horvat and with um, Barzell. And Simon Holmstrom uh, has suddenly perked up lately for the Islanders. He scored three goals in the last six, five games, actually. He's been one of their better players offensively the last. And they haven't had a ton of guys going for them offensively. But uh, Simon Holmstrom for the uh, New York Islanders has three goals in the last five games. So I, I think his props are worth a look tonight. Uh, in this game for sure. Absolutely. Playing on the top line as well, as I mentioned, with Horvat and Barzal. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Simon Holmstrom, a little bit undervalued here going into this game. All right, second game of this um, Monday card, uh, Colorado, Seattle. Feels, feels like these teams have played each other a ton of times, and it's true. This will be their third regular season meeting already this year. Uh, Colorado minus 150 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Um, Jared Bednar is angry as I've ever heard him bar none after the game against St. Louis on Saturday. And that was a debacle. I mean, you don't expect the blues to go into Denver and just absolutely uh, just crush this Colorado avalanche team. Uh, And that is exactly uh, what we saw uh, in on Saturday night. It was about as angry and disappointed uh, as I've ever heard Jared Bednar. Jared Bednar hasn't had to crack the whip very often with this group, but he wasn't impressed with the level of quit 
in the uh, game for the uh, Avalanche after they got down in the uh, third period there. They just almost kind of went away and said, up, oh, not our night. Uh, he didn't like that one bit. You would think there's going to be a response here from the Avs. The Avs have not been great away from home, though. Four and three, an okay road record, not great. The good news is Seattle hasn't been good at home. You know, two and four for them at uh, Climate Pledge uh, Arena coming into uh, this game. But you're right. A good point there by Bo. Uh, next win for the Avs will be Bednar's 300th coaching win. Uh, he was not happy after that. So you got to think they respond early. This is kind of the same approach I'm taking with the Edmonton game where the first 20 minutes you got to expect Colorado's uh, off to a flying start. And rather than lay, you know, minus 150 on the road with Colorado, just like with the Edmonton game, I'd rather take Edmonton first period puck line plus 150 than take Edmonton minus 160. Same with this game. I'd rather take Colorado first period puck line here tonight against Seattle rather than Colorado money line. So, um, you know, I do like Colorado a little bit here uh, in this one as far as uh, – response after one of the worst losses they've suffered, especially one of the worst losses they've suffered at home, you know, in quite some time. So Colorado first period puck line as well for me here, uh, minus a half plus 160, very good price at DraftKings plus 160 uh, for that uh, abs first period puck line, lean to the abs team total over. They did win in Seattle uh, earlier this season. So not only are they off that debacle against St. Louis, but they actually lost at home to Seattle last week, the game before the St. Louis game four, three, the Kraken won uh, against the Avs in Denver. But before that, October 17th in the first meeting in Seattle, Colorado got the job done and they won 4-1 to one, uh, in that game. So uh, I definitely trust the, uh, Colorado here a little bit. It's not a good sign for Seattle that, you know, it's not like Edmonton was playing with a boatload of confidence when they rolled into the Emerald City uh, on Saturday night and uh, beat the uh, Kraken 4-1. to one. Uh, And somehow still they did. So Colorado team total over 3.5 a, a little bit and also the First period puck line. Great price on that. Minus a half, plus 160. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Abs, Kraken. Yeah, slight lean with that first period puck line. Like I agree with you. I think Colorado will come out and, and at least be able to uh, kind of dictate the pace early. Like, the Seattle team has just been so disappointing. But I think we can see this kind of go back and forth. And the way that I've kind of – it's funny. We talked about how often we've seen these teams even going back to last postseason. And it seems like more often than not, I'm watching these two teams live and kind of trying to jump in. Uh, whenever these two teams face off. So this is when I have kind of circled the live game. Just kind of going to see where the pace is. Maybe Colorado jumps out to a lead and we look for Seattle to score next. And then we can, you know, get that tying goal and then try to bounce and grab Colorado at cheaper price uh, money line. So there's a couple of different things I might be looking at. So it's a live game, staying off of it now. But there is a player prop that I do like in this contest. I'll be talking about it in a little bit. Sounds like a, sounds like a uh, preview. Uh, and a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a uh, commercial advertisement, if you will, for the bargain bin special of the night coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, in terms of a goaltending, you're right. I think I saw some uh, uh, rumblings that we might be seeing a uh, uh, Joey Decord uh, sighting in net for the uh, Kraken tonight. Uh, that is confirmed. Uh, yes, confirmed. There it is. So, yeah, Joey Decord, not confirmed for Colorado. And the one thing that does concern me, although, it, you know, uh, hopefully it won't show up in the first period. Uh, so much. But one thing that does concern me is Alexander Georgiev after an outstanding first, I think, couple of weeks, he's, his game has really tailed off. It's really declined. And look, have they played great hockey in front of him consistently? No. Uh, but definitely this uh, Colorado uh, team has uh, definitely not had great as good goaltending lately from uh, Georgiev. And we'll see if he's in net. They actually might uh, end up 
not uh, starting him because of just the struggles he's had lately. And if he doesn't go, that means we're going to see Prosvetov uh, again in net for the uh, Avalanche. Although Prosvetov has been okay the couple of times we've seen yeah. him this year. Yes. Uh, hasn't been that bad. And maybe you just need to give, you know, Georgiev some extra time to get his game back together. Kind of like what the Leafs did with uh, Ilya Samsonov, you know, the last uh, couple of weeks. They just gave him a couple of games to just, you know, clear your head, work with the goalie coach and practice Try to get your fundamentals back on track uh, in between the pipes. And maybe you're going to end up seeing that here for um, Colorado in this game. Yeah. Uh, so for me, first period puck line, smaller bet for me, probably on the abs team total. But I, just like the Edmonton game, I, I prefer the first period angle just because of the price. Plus 160 for abs first period puck line. And then in the other game, it was plus 150 with uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, in the uh, first period puck line. And then for props in this game, you know, for Seattle, it's, I believe, in the top line right now, it's still Yamamoto. We're waiting for him to click. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, I'm almost done waiting at this point, uh, quite honestly. Um, You know, you got uh, certainly um, Jaden Schwartz, Jared McCann, guys you rely on, but it's a Seattle team that's definitely uh, had their lack of consistency with offensive production. Uh, Tonight, it looks like Nachushkin. McKinnon, and here's Jonathan Drouin back on the top line. It's hard to bet these abs props because Bednar is one of these guys that he will not hesitate to change the lines during a game, you know, if things aren't looking right. So that's the problem. You'd like to – you want to place a bet on someone that's moving up to the top line. You'd like them to be on that top line for more than one fucking period. You know, that's the problem sometimes with betting Colorado player props. You see these pregame lineup adjustments, and then Bednar sticks with them for 20 – damn minutes and oh we're not playing well blender time and the lines are all changed again uh in the second period and the guy that you bet on because he's on the top lines back on the fourth line or riding the pine you know that's uh the issue that i find with betting some of these um you know with betting some of these uh player props for colorado because bednar is just so quick to change his lines uh when things aren't working properly so Definitely playing uh, playing it cautiously lately when it comes to Colorado player props, for sure. All right, great stuff. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate 190 live viewers. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Make sure you become a family plan member and subscriber. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, the Patreon page as well. Uh, and, of course, the family plan, our daily betting card, player props. Alex's live looks and live wagers posted there. Uh, we are going to have another Special exclusive only bet cast. It's probably going to be next week. Uh, we'll, we'll give you that. It's probably going to be next week, but we won't give you the day or the time. We're just going to pop on and say, we're on the air. It's a bet cast. Here you go. Come on in. Uh, and it'll be one of those bet casts like the one we did last week. The first exclusive bet cast will be on for like two, three hours, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and just give you a, uh, an impromptu bet cast next week again, but you must be a family plan or Patreon member and subscriber to be part of that. So uh, again, check it out. The ice guys, family plan, nine ninety nine us per month. Also check out the Patreon page, ice guys, uh, uh, patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. We got the goalie charts finally updated. Uh, big shifts around with my power rankings as well. I know Ian will have power rankings up as also also going to have an article coming out this week. Uh, we're going to revise a couple of things, talking about some tips with live betting. And uh, we're going to have a bunch more as, as well. And we also have Chris Otto's uh, period charts as well. So all that there, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. All right. Definitely good stuff to uh, check out. No question about that. Uh, the Chris Otto's totals are absolutely 
uh, terrific. Uh, great resource for those of you bidding period by period totals. All right. We cashed a bargain bin special of the night winner last night. Mason McTavish for the Anaheim Ducks uh, finds the back of the net at plus 320. Let's see what we can deliver for an encore tonight. Alex, you said you're in action tonight. So we'll start with you. What's your bargain bin? Yeah, there's a reason I'm wearing this uh, Seattle Kraken jersey. It's not for the sides, not for the tolls, for a player prop. And, you know, taking a look at some guys moving up and down the different lines, looking at Ely Toivonen on the power play uh, on that back point. He's the guy who's already been lighting it up. He's had three assists and two goals in his last four games. You can get him right now to get you a power play point. I'm looking right now, just bet this at plus 425, bet MGM. So that's my bargain bin special night. Ely Torbenin to get a power play point. Plus 425. See how crack. Excellent. Yeah, there's one book that has better than that, but it's the Canadian book, Bet 99, Bet 99, plus 440. Uh, but for the most part, plus 425 is the best you can get. Still a great price. So Ellie Tolvanen, Seattle Kraken, power play point, plus 425 uh, for Alex B. Smith with his uh, bargain bin special of the night. My bargain bin special of the night, we're going to go back to that Oilers and Islanders uh, game for a bargain bin a special uh, of the uh, night. A couple of considerations here on the uh, Edmonton side. Definitely, you know, I consider Gagne playing on the uh, top line with McDavid, and he's plus 470 uh, at FanDuel. Um, but I'm going to go with, just because I like the form he's in, and even though I like Edmonton in the game, are they going to shut out the Islanders? Doubtful. Doubtful. And if there's one guy that's going to score for the Islanders right now, it's Simon Holmstrom. We're going to go back to him here tonight. He's got three goals in the last five games for the New York Islanders. He has been one of their better offensive catalysts during this recent skid they've been on. Uh, and he's playing on the top line with Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell. So he's going to get the minutes. He's going to get the ice time here for the uh, Islanders. Simon Holmstrom for the uh, New York Islanders. And again, you can get a pretty good price here. I'm seeing plus 500 at DraftKings and BetMGM, plus 550 at FanDuel, and I am even seeing plus 600 at, at Caesars for Simon Holmstrom uh, of the New York Islanders tonight uh, on the top line, and not only on the top line, up the lineup, but he's come through. He is producing right now. Three goals in the last five games for him with the New York Islanders. So Simon Holmstrom, New York Islanders, plus 600 at Caesars. We'll lock that in for a big-time bargain bin special of the night for this Monday card. Nick Earl, I agree with Dobson. Dobson's shooting the puck a lot lately, especially with the team scuffling a bit offensively. Uh, Edmonton can give up goals to defensemen. Uh, he's got two goals at, in the last four games for the Islanders, shooting the puck a lot. Uh, I don't. I actually like that look as well. Dobson is pr probably right up there as one of my favorite options on the Islanders outside of Holmstrom. So yeah, I agree. Dobson for is worth a look. But Holmstrom at plus six hundred will be my bargain bin special of the night for this Monday card. All right, best bets to wrap up the show. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll go with uh, that Colorado and uh, Edmonton game. Or sorry, New York Islanders Edmonton game. We're going with that for the first uh, period. Both teams to score plus one fifty five at BetMGM. Shop around; they might see some prices that are within that range. But you know, like I said Edmonton's going to come out hot. I think Islanders are going to come out a little bit hot too. They've got something to prove. Starting a four game road trip, you said hearing all the the rumblings. Casey Zika's uh, most notably being really upset about hearing those 
fire a Lambert chance in the crowd. So uh, I think we're going to see goals both ways here. So let's go with the plus money, plus 155, uh, Isles and Oilers, both teams to score in the first period. All right, there it is. First period. I like that, actually. I could see that happening. Both teams to score first period, plus 155, Islanders, Oilers for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. My best bet for this one, I'm going to keep it simple. Let's go uh, with the uh, Edmonton Oilers first period puck line, uh, minus a half. I'll go for a nice plus price here, plus 150. Oilers first period puck line, take the lead early in the first 20 minutes, show that urgency with the new head coach and a guy that's Connor McDavid is very familiar with, knows him from the uh, uh, from the um, from the uh, Erie Otters days in the Ontario Hockey League. I think you get a good effort from the captain, and everyone else follows in line after that. So Edmonton first period puck line. I don't want Edmonton money line. I want nothing to do with any regulation or uh, full game puck line or money line on Edmonton. I still don't love the prices enough, but I do like that uh, first period puck line look. Minus a half, plus one fifty. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers first period puck line for my best bet here for this Monday NHL card. And yeah, not a bad thought. There's uh Cuban Wayne Gretzky about Sezikis. He's the one that showed a lot of anger regarding the fire lane Lambert chance. Does he go out and try to uh, prove it by scoring a goal tonight? You are getting plus seven fifty. That is a hell of a price. I will say that now he's not a big time goal scorer, obviously, but you know, certainly I would expect the effort to be there for, uh, Casey Sezikis tonight in that game. So not a bad thought to take a small shot there at plus 750 with him to find the back of the net. Great stuff. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. David Shelton, another uh, very, very kind uh, donation, 999. We appreciate it very much. Shout out to uh, David Shelton. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 